This is Courage Cast. Faith, inspiration, and motivation for today. Well, there's that inspirational music again, and welcome to another episode of the Courage Cast. I'm Eric Nordoff. I am so good to be with you. This is episode 291. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode, episode 290, with Edie Sunby, the Mission Walker. Wow, that was one. If you missed it, you got to go back and listen to the Mission Walker, Edie Sunby. What a woman of courage. Uh, What a strong woman. Uh, really a role model for for anybody who feels like quitting. Well, she didn't quit. She chose to fight. She had a team of people around her. She was on fire for God. She was able to kind of work through some of her issues with God while she was walking. And at the same time, she got healthy and she's an overcomer. So very good interview with Edie Sunby. You got to listen to that one. Well, uh, before we get to today's guest, John Eldridge, I want to remind you of a few things in the Courageous community. First of all, five steps to get your confidence back. You can find that at CourageousCommunity.com. We all lose our confidence from time to time. And these are five steps that I take when I feel like I've lost my confidence when I've when I when I'm not sure of my direction where I'm when I'm not sure of where where to go next and what to do next I take these five steps and I want you to go to courageouscommunity.com download the free video and the PDF worksheet and I promise you it will help you also I want you to uh, go to courageous communities patreon page which is www.patreon dot com slash courage cast and that is where you can support the courage cast we spent hundreds of dollars on this podcast every single month and i want to encourage you to um, if you feel like you're getting some value from this you can support the podcast for as little as one dollar a month very simply by going to patreon.com slash courage cast also stick around because after today's episode i'm going to be sharing my key big takeaways from my interview with john eldridge and i'm also going to announce next week's guest you don't want to miss that either so let's move into our interview with john eldridge well what an honor it was to interview this week's guest John is the international best-selling author of Wild at Heart, Sacred Romance, and many, many other books. But in particular, Wild at Heart has personally impacted me, as you'll hear in the interview, in so many ways. His new book, All Things New, releases today, September 26th, today. And I'm so excited to speak with him about the writing process and everything that the book entails. So on this episode, John and I dig into the topic of hope and eternal significance. All Things New, the new book, was written to inspire the hope that no matter what we lose here on earth, there is a heavenly restoration coming. We are in what John calls a hope crisis today. With suicide and depression rates at an all-time high, it's no wonder that God infused John with a desire to write on this subject It was an eye-opening interview for me, and I was so thankful to sit under John's wisdom for that bit of time. We had about 30 minutes together. 
I know you're going to get so much out of this interview and John's new book, All Things New, which I will link in the at the website, CourageousCommunity.com. As always, if you click on episodes, you'll go to this episode. It should be at the top or near the top, and you can get a link straight to that book on Amazon. Well, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy this week's discussion with John Eldridge. Well, I want to thank John Eldridge for being on the podcast today. Welcome, John, to the Courage Cast. Yeah, thanks, Eric. Glad to be here. Totally excited about this. This has been something that, you know, as a longtime reader of your books, you've really left a whole generation of men with answers and that, that hopefully we can kind of get to some of the deeper issues that we deal with. So how does that feel to you that you've, that you've impacted millions of men and, and really helped them in their manhood since the beginning? It, it, really, um, it really encourages my belief in the kingdom of God. Like, this is obviously not a man. This, God chose to do something really powerful, really holy. Um, and at the very time that, like, culture is rejecting gender and, and you know, just the world, you know, tanking. Mm-hmm. At the very moment, God is restoring men yeah. um, and women and families and this really holy thing is going on outside the media, outside the news, but it's real and yeah. it's genuine. And, and you and I you know, can both like bear witness to it. It's, it's pretty beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think wild at heart touched on a nerve of, of every man. And, and can you tell me a little bit about that? I, I want to talk about your current book. I know that's one thing I want to dive into because I've, I've, been weeping actually reading some of these chapters, but I want to talk about Wild at Heart for a minute because um, did that come from a deeply wounded place for you? And can you touch on that a little bit about what do you still do you still uh, speak on that and and minister in that way? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. See, here's the wild thing. Um, we just did a we just did a Wild at Heart uh, retreat here in Colorado for uh, 400 men yeah. a week ago and. Most of the guys who came, they just read the book this year. Oh, wow. Um, so for a lot of guys, it's a really fresh thing. And, and it was born um, – it really came out of two places, Eric. It, it came out of my own search. Uh, my dad was an alcoholic, blew the family up, and, and I grew up fatherless and, and, uh, and kind of had this deep father wound in me. And – I was trying so hard to figure out, like, even as a Christian, like the nice guy thing just wasn't doing it for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. where's the warrior? Where's the adventure? What's the battle? Like, come on. And mm-hmm. and then as a Christian counselor, um, every single man who came into my office, no matter what the particulars were, you know, one guy, it's a it's a sexual addiction, but another guy, it's it's his marriage and Another guy, he's just lost in, in his career. Whatever the, whatever his story was, the core issues were all the same. Yeah, and that's that's when I decided to write Wild at Heart. I'm like, you know what? I'm not the only guy who's struggling with this stuff. Yeah, and 
it, it, uh, it feels universal and it's, it's turned out to be universal. I'm just the guy who found treasure in the field, right? Yeah. And yeah. now I'm trying to tell everybody else, hey, <laughs> over here. <laughs> well, you have some gro- – now you have boys that are now men. And they have their own podcast. I've actually found them recently. Um, can you tell me a little bit about uh, how proud you are of them and where they where they are today? Yeah, I think um, the proof's in the pudding, yeah. right? Like yeah. that's the real test of. It's always good to get a look at at a pastor's family life or a famous Christian ministry behind the scenes because yeah. you really learn you learn a lot. And the beautiful thing is, I have three sons. Uh, they're all grown. They're in their 20s now. They're all married. <clears throat> and one of the cool parts of that story, Eric, is they all married young, mm. uh, which I just think they saw that marriage was something desirable. Yeah. You know, in this day and age, uh, folks are waiting like marriage. The average marriage age now is in the 30s. Mm-hmm. And and my son's married young. So I think that's beautiful. They married great gals and they have a podcast for young men. Yeah. Uh, called and sons where they're trying to um, trying to help kind of young guys sort out their questions and they're they're solid like they love God they're the real deal like and here's the here's the great test of a guy is this somebody you want to go on vacation with <laughs> <laughs> like I don't care what he knows I don't care what he's done do you like being around him yeah, that is, that is such a good test of a human being. Is this someone I want to go on a road trip with? Yeah. And you would love to go on a road trip with my sons. They're, <laughs> they're awesome. <laughs> well, I'm sure God, I, I, I have two boys. They're 17 and 15. And then I have a little girl who's who's eight. Um, and so I am right in the middle of it right now with my boys. And yeah, tell me. Do you have some advice for me, John, for my my 15-year-old, my 17-year-old, for this 46-year-old dad? What What's the best advice you can give me for this stage? Um, you, you have to start backing off the pressure. Mm. Uh, things change, and their relationship with you changes. Um, and when they're young, you know, you, you're, you're the king of the house, right? Yeah. And, and you, you set the tone, you set the rules, you, my gosh, you choose the clothes they put on when they're really young. Yeah. Um, but as time goes by, you have to start backing off and it turns more into invitation. Mm. Um, it comes, it's more, Hey, you want to, you want to go see this movie together? Hey, you want to, you want to talk about something? Hey, like it, the more that it begins to feel inviting, the less they're going to push back against you. Cause a guy, every young man hits a stage and it's going to be somewhere between 15 and 21 where he's going to push back hard. Yeah. And, and, and if it feels like you're pushing back or it feels like the dad is trying to be controlling, that's when things blow up. Uh, but if he feels like, Oh, my dad's like, He's not a controlling guy. He's he's actually just kind of inviting me into stuff. Um, those teenage years are going to go a lot better. Yeah. Okay. That's great advice because I think I've probably been too. I've been trying to hold on to their mid, you know, before preteen years, and it's so easy for us dads because I don't want them to go in the wrong direction. You know, you got those helicopter right. parents, right? Who yep. wanna who yep. wanna don't want them to make a mistake, but just you're saying 
invite them, allow them the freedom to make decisions and make mistakes. Yeah, you got to. As long as it doesn't kill them. You got to. Yeah. You know, and here's here's another secret is if you if you can have in your heart the confidence that they're going to be okay, they're going to pick that up from you. Yeah. And and go. That's that thinks I'm going to be okay. And mm-hmm. and it, 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 it just imparts a, a hopefulness where they don't they don't want to burn the house down. Yeah, just a confidence to them that that you believe in them. Yep. I remember the best thing my dad ever said to me was that I was going to be a good driver, and I was a t- I was actually a terrible driver. But he told me that I was going to be a good driver, and guess what? I lived up to. Exactly. What, yeah. There it is. That's good. That's good. Oh, thank you. Um, John, tell me, what was, uh, what's the, the hardest part about writing a book? Uh, putting it out there for the world to criticize. <laughs> C.S. C.S. Lewis says that authors look at critics like a dog, like a fire hydrant looks at a dog. Mm. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, that he's going to pee on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. it's so, I mean, come on. You've read a little bit of it. It's like so hopeful. Yes. It's so beautiful that like, I just want, I just want people to like get it and, and get the hope. And yeah. Yeah. Well, we're talking about the book, All Things New, which releases today, September 26, 2017. Uh, it is one of the most hope-filled book. If there was one word to describe it, it would be hope. But I have to tell you, I think it was chapter two uh, where you talk about this next chapter of your life when the, the boys are all gone out of the house. And I just I started crying. I'm getting emotional just right now thinking about my boys leaving the house. And just, I, I don't know, there was sort of this mixture about sadness, of sadness um, but also, uh, you know, how do you, how was that for you to write? Was that a, was that a pretty emotional portion of the book for you? Oh yeah. 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 Because that you were, you just confessed a few moments ago that you're trying to hang on to the boyhood stage. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's because of, all of us know that life is a long series of letting go. Um, you, you, you let go of your hometown, you let go of your parents, you, you move on, right? You let, let go of a first love, you let go of a lot of dreams, you let go of a lot of career opportunities. Like we know that. Yeah. And, and the reason that it brings tears is that it's not just about, you know, letting your sons go off to college. It, it's that we know that chapters close. Yeah. And after a while, Life begins to feel like like a lot of loss. Um, your health, friendships, you know, you, you can't find a great church when you move to a new town and you miss your old church. It just begins to feel like a lot of loss. And, and, and that's why I wrote the book. It's like, hang on a second. We, we've got to understand that one of the most stunning promises of Christianity is that actually nothing is lost. Mm. Like it's, this is, this is going to blow people's minds, Eric. Like most Christians believe that at some point God's going to just sort of wipe out the current world and the earth. And we all 
get airlifted to heaven mm-hmm. and we spend our eternity doing things we can't even conceive of. Like, do we sing forever? Do we just look at God? Do, you know, it's heaven. What's that? And, and you go, oh, wait a second. First off, you don't spend your eternal life in heaven. You actually spend it right here on the new earth, mm-hmm. on a restored earth. And when Jesus talks about this, so Matthew 19, 28, 29, he says, I tell you the truth that the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me and you have lost, and he gets very specific, houses and, and, and places, people who are dear to you, careers, it will all be restored to you. Mm. Like, what? <laughs> what? Like, where has this been all my life? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, when when we are in Christ, we have received new life, right? And so is that what you're talking about? We have it today for now and nothing is actually lost. It's all been redeemed? No. I I mean, this is a it's connected to that. That's yeah. very important. Like Dallas Willard spent a lot of his life, uh, one of the most brilliant men in Christianity in the 20th century. He spent a lot of his teaching trying to help people understand reality is one continuous existence. There's not your current life now, and then your eternal life later somewhere else. It's one life. Mm -hmm. And, And Jesus is the forerunner. Here's our picture. So Jesus dies and then, and then he comes to life. And, and it's, it's him. Mm-hmm. It's the same guy. Mm-hmm. He, he, he even has the scars. Like, it's literally the same guy. Right. It, okay. He doesn't turn into an angel or some heavenly being or, you know, he doesn't become one, you know, with the cosmic whatever. Right. Like, Jesus is the forerunner. And his, he, the, what he does with his life after his resurrection looks, looks suspiciously like his former life. <laughs> He right. talks to people. He walks around. He, he, he goes to the beach with his buddies and has a cookout. Um, this is going to just be so incredibly hopeful. God, the day is coming, friends, when God completes your restoration. He's restoring you now. He's going to, he's going to complete it. You will be a fully restored human being, just like Jesus. With a new body. With a new body. But it's your body. Like People right. will recognize you. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't become something else. Mm-hmm. It's it's Eric. So I'm not, gonna, go, I'm not going to become a, a a frog or an insect, right? Or an angel <laughs> or, or a cosmic being or whatever. The, you know, right. like Jesus was Jesus. They recognized him, mm-hmm. and, and God's going to complete your restoration very soon. Mm-hmm. And and He's going to restore the earth. And then all of those things that you were created to do, all that gifting, the talents, the little quirky things that make you you, the fact that, you know, you love hockey or that you love reading or that you like all of that is restored. Mm. And then he gives us the earth back and, and he does the he, he tells us to do the exact same thing he told Adam and Eve to do in the beginning. Mm. In Revelation, it says, and we will reign with him on the earth. Mm-hmm. So it's a picture of total restoration for those who want to be in the 
presence of God. Mm. Okay. So, so our perception of our eternal home is different than the way we, because it's not heaven in the future. Like we're not in a hurry to get to heaven. We, we have it now is what you're saying in the book. Well, okay, here's a couple of big things. Heaven, heaven is beautiful. Heaven, when the thief on the cross says, Jesus, remember me, mm. Jesus says to him, today, you will be with me in paradise. So when we die, and, the, and our dear ones who have died in Christ, they are with God right now. They are well. They are enjoying themselves immensely. They are in the place called heaven. Heaven is the rest of reality. It is, it is the other part of the kingdom of God. It's where God lives right now. Right. Okay? But a day is coming. And here's the mind blower. In Acts chapter 3, Peter's giving this very important sermon. And he says, Jesus must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything. Mm-hmm. So when the trumpet blast sounds at the return of Christ, God restores the earth. And we don't spend eternity in heaven. We spend it here on the new earth. So heaven is beautiful. Heaven is precious. Heaven is in the meantime. Mm -hmm. But our eternal destiny is right here, Hmm. a restored you on a restored earth. Hmm. That is very, that's a difficult concept to really totally get. It's a lot easier than vague, wispy heaven and the eternal church service in the sky. Uh-huh. Yeah, it is. That it talk is. about hard to get. See, the reason, Eric, the reason most people don't have hope, and very few people look forward to the end of their life with hope, mm-hmm. is because heaven is, is vague. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that? It's wispy. It's, it's other. Uh, we stand in the presence of God forever. We sing. Yeah. Nope. No, it's very real. It's... Um, what I love about what I love about the promises, Romans 8, okay? Paul says, all creation groans for the day of its redemption. Mm-hmm. Meaning that this very world, including the animal kingdom, has a day of restoration. Mm. And, and the, the thing is, like, this is what we love. Like, this is the earth we were created for. And and we don't go to the clouds. We the, God's going to restore the very things that are most dear to us right here. Yeah. And and we spend, and then we get to fulfill our calling. Then we get to fulfill our destiny, our eternal life here on a restored earth. Okay, um, my mind is a, is is officially blown here. Um, I think it's uh, it, it, it's so. Um, it's so different than the the common myths that Christians believe about heaven. Yep. And you get into it here in the book. You you break it down scripture by scripture about what Jesus promised, what God promises to us as followers of Christ. Um so you're writing that the restoring of all things is going to be sooner than we think. Um right? I mean it's Yeah, I do. I yeah. do. How, how, what do you mean by that, and how soon? Well, um, let's first say we're closer to it than we've ever been. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think everyone can agree with that. Um, it's later than it's ever been. I think everyone can agree with that <laughs> because <clears throat> because Paul thought 
that what was happening in the Roman Empire was signs of the end of the age. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we we've been watching the collapse of humanity for a long time now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jesus Jesus tells us that we ought to live like he is coming back in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's very biblical. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people have really pushed that away. They've really kind of pushed that off and went, ah, who knows, you know. Uh, but Peter warns against that. And when Peter is writing about the end of the age, he says scoffers will come mm-hmm. and they will say, oh, everything's going on just the same as it always has. Yeah. And you go, oh, my goodness, that's exactly what people are saying mm-hmm. um, is we, we are created to live with hope. Like the human heart needs hope like your body needs to breathe right you've got you, we are created for hope and and the great hope hebrew 6 we have this hope as an anchor for the soul mm-hmm. uh, they call it an unbreakable spiritual lifeline yeah what, what is this hope well it's the christian hope what's the christian hope it's not the eternal church service in the sky this hope is the restoration of all things mm-hmm. and so we are encouraged to begin to give our hearts to this hope and expect it as coming very soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's um, it, it's 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 very grounding. You mentioned that in the I think the first chapter or second chapter, you talk about faith, hope, and love, right? And the greatest yes. the greatest of these is love. You want to kind of break that down for us again, because that, that was one of my favorite parts of the book so far. Well, so faith looks backwards. Faith looks, you know, the, the scriptures are filled with, tell your people what God has done. Mm-hmm. Tell them what he did. Tell them what he, tell your people what God did in Egypt. Tell your people what God did for Daniel. Tell you, because faith is built on looking at what God has done. God has come through. Mm-hmm. He is trustworthy, and that's what builds our faith, mm-hmm. okay? And love is something that takes place in the present moment. Mm-hmm. We, we love people. We love the world that God created. We love all of these beautiful things because he does, and he cares for them. Mm-hmm. Hope is actually something that, that looks into the future. Hope reaches into the future to take hold of In fact, that Hebrew 6 passage, this anchor of the soul, it says, let us grab this promised hope with both hands. Like we're supposed to take hold of hope. You you don't get hope like you get the flu. It it doesn't just happen to you. Mm. You you have to intentionally take hold of hope. And and, um, you know what? Right now, actually, we're in a massive hope crisis on the earth. Right. Suicides epidemic, uh, depression is the leading cause of disability worldwide. I mean, people are hopeless. Yeah, and and, and so we're we're supposed to take hold of this hope, and and let me try and summarize this hope, dear friends. There is nothing that that you will lose. There is nothing that that can be taken from you that God is not fully going to give back 
to you abundantly. Mm. Like you get it all back. Mm. You get it all back. I, I received, oh, Eric, I received the most precious email yesterday. There was a, there was a woman in our, in our community. Oh, she and her husband went through this tragic loss. They, it's the first pregnancy. They were so excited. And then right before term, I mean, eight months into it, their baby died. Mm. And, and they were devastated. And the thing is, it absolutely devastated their faith. And so here's the email I got yesterday. Um, she tells me who she is, uh, protect her identity. But she says, I just want to thank you for writing all things new. I don't even know how she got a hold of it. But she says, I can't tell you fully what it did for my heart because I don't even have the words yet. Mm. But I can tell you that I have a hope and a peace that I haven't felt in many years. Mm. Oh, friends, like, yes, <laughs> yes. Let us take hold of this hope with both hands. That's what it means to live in his victory. Yeah. Right. It's, it's all part of our walk, the faith, the hope, the love. Um, those are key elements, past, present, future yep. that we can take hold of and we can embrace. And, and you outline this so beautifully in, in the book, all things new, um, that it's, it's one of those things where you, you, you almost can't describe it with words. And that's the mystery of God anyway, right? Because he's to try to put words to these feelings and these emotions and these scriptural um, promises. It's so simple. You know it when you have it, right? But you, you, it's, it's, you will have it when you, when you understand and you dive into the words of the book. I don't know how to, yeah, that's that's why that's why I wrote it. Mm Mm-hmm. That's why I wrote it. Well, I commend you for uh, once again putting uh, something in a book that carries so much emotion and cuts deep down into um, our hearts where where Jesus can can work and where God can work and he can continue to and bring hope into our lives again and hope into our hearts again who where where it's been formerly broken. Yes, can be restored. So yeah, awesome. Thank you, John. Thank you, John, for spending time with the Courageous Community and the Courage Cast podcast. Everyone needs to get this book, All Things New, uh, published today. It's out today everywhere where you want to get good books. So, um, John, uh, best to you. I'll be listening to your son's podcast for more encouragement. I'm going to turn my boys on to your pod, your son's podcast. Right on. Yeah, and sons. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, bless you, Eric. Bless your family. Bless your sweet little daughter. Bless you guys. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. God bless you. Okay, man. Appreciate the time. Take Uh care. Bye-bye. now. Well, that was really, really fun to have John Eldridge, a hero of mine, an author hero of mine on this podcast. Grateful that he spent some time with me. Well, I want to talk about some of the key takeaways from my conversation with John. The first is that hope doesn't just happen to you. You have to intentionally take hold of it. One of the most stunning promises of Christianity is nothing is not lost. 
That's another big takeaway. Nothing is not lost. And lastly, life is a long series of letting go. My thanks again to John Eldridge. Y'all need to get this book, All Things New. It's out today. I was crying numerous times while reading this book. You're going to love it. All right. Next week, we have the privilege of having a conversation with Brent Gambrell. Brent's new book, Living for Another, released this month. And this conversation is all about giving your life for another. Jesus called us to love one another. The principle of pouring out, that's where life is found. I want to just remind you of a few things. You can become a patron of the Courage Cast. You can support this podcast by visiting patreon.com slash couragecast. You'll get all kinds of extra benefits and perks and behind the scenes stuff that uh, we have a lot of fun with. You can get your free confidence PDF and video by visiting CourageousCommunity.com. If you enjoy this podcast, take 30 seconds right now and give this podcast a rating and review on iTunes. My thanks to Matt Price at MattPriceOnline.com for providing the great bumper music for this show. I'm Eric Nordoff. I'll be back next week with Brent Gambrell for another great episode of The Courage Cast. Courage Cast.